Welcome to Dharmi Cyber Cafe. I'm your host, Dharmi Gresson Jr. Episode 52 Quantum Computing Will Change the World. Let's talk about it. So what is quantum computing? The breakthrough of the future of computing, the present and future dangers of quantum computing. So the first topic I want to talk about is what is quantum computing? Now, if you cannot wrap your head around the basic functioning of a standard computer, then brace yourself to be even more confused. Now, let me be clear. This episode is not for physics majors. The layman understanding of quantum quantum computing is here, so do not fret over the little details here. At the moment, uh, this is mysterious to a large majority of you but this technology is going to revolutionize it's going to revolutionize the computing world just like binary computing had done in the end of the 20th century now at the moment of this recording current quantum computers are too small to outperform current binary computers for practical applications, such as word processing or browsing social media. There are a lot of things that come into play here, especially with quantum computers, but a lot of people hear about quantum computing and get scared because they think, oh, I'm not going to be able to uh, you know, keep up with all this new technology. So don't worry, it's, it's not out there just yet. So... So how, how basically quantum computing works in, in sort of like a, a 40,000 foot level is instead of binary bits, which your current computer uses, quantum computer, computers are based off of the quantum bit or what the uh, researchers like to call it are qubits uh, of quantum states. Did I confuse you yet? Great. Now, this is the exact problem with today's quantum computing technologies. There are many obstacles to construct a useful quantum computer. Um, they call uh, quantum discoherence, and basically it is extremely difficult to maintain their quantum states, uh, which requires a lot of error correction. Now, does that mean quantum computers will have an advantage over traditional binary computers? Uh, Not exactly. Essentially, any computational problem can be solved by a binary computer, uh, can also be solved by a quantum computing, the computer. However, quantum computers are believed, now let me stress believed here, uh, they could solve problems within a feasible amount of time, which is what they call, quote-unquote, quantum supremacy. Now, does this mean that quantum computers can crack encryption methodologies? Yeah, 
hundred percent. This is the very this this is the very underlying sleeping giant that is getting developed as I speak and record this podcast. But I'm not saying that there are evil scientists that are working on these machines to destroy the internet. It's because current technology, current computing technology is reaching its growth limit. We essentially have to evolve our technology and quantum computers is the next answer for us all. Now with quantum computer data hacking, just to talk about this for a second, this is something that For example, government organizations need to prepare for implementing quantum-resistant algorithms and protocols into uh, their existing current encryption technologies um, once they are standardized and become available to the masses. I'm sure with the development of artificial intelligence, this will only expedite the growth of quantum computers to a whole new level. So we, we are just at the tip of the iceberg when it comes to understanding quantum computers and making it a, uh, a practical uh, application for us all. Now, the breakthrough of future computing, if you want to see the developments of the quantum computing race, it's best to first see who and where is filing the patents. So far, Quantum innovation is in the hands of the United States with over 1,100 patents filed, give or take, and with China behind with about 390, give or take. Uh, And on October 23rd, 2019, Google and NASA achieved quantum supremacy. Now, let me make a quick footnote here is that this has been argued um, over the years, uh, this this is something. Again, I'm not going to get into details, but basically, this has been uh, challenged per se. So, but as officially October 23rd, Google and NASA has achieved this. Now, the two agencies were able to demonstrate the ability to compute in seconds that would take the largest and most advanced supercomputers thousands of years to solve. Now, that's a pretty damn good thing if you ask me and this is why all the countries and agencies all over the world are pushing towards this uh, practical technology because like I said we've kind of reached our growth and these sort of things are needed and required for us to sort of advance our technology now understand NASA of all places will benefit from this technology as it will enable its own agency with technology which will help with space space growth, advancement, and modernize their space fleet on the Earth, Moon, and Mars. Now, this is very key because understanding that uh, dealing with space and, and all of its nuances, there is a lot that goes on in space. And if you're if you are transversing space or going through different mediums, you'll need a certain level of computational power to do those things. And yeah, one could say, well, 
you know, we went to the moon with very, very rudimentary computer technologies. Fair enough. And it was probably more powerful than our own cell phones. Again, fair enough. But we're not in the 1960s anymore. We are in the 2023s now. So we've advanced significantly. So in order for us to use advanced technologies to ensure the safety of our astronauts, ensure them to be able to have enough computer resources for them to uh, conduct their experiments, to uh, operate their vessels, um, if they want to colonize different uh, planets or moons. All these things are, are important in the advancement of space technologies. Also, uh, NASA itself can use quantum computers to analyze certain components in space and time and be able to conduct more extensive tests, even theoretical tests. Uh, and, and hopefully one day we will have uh, faster than life travel. So, you know, we'll see eventually. Now, um, quantum cryptography, uh, this is, um, th- this could augment uh, public key cryptography. Quantum-based um, cryptographic systems could be more secure than traditional systems against quantum hacking. Um, next is simulation of quantum systems. Now, since chemistry and nanotechnology rely on the understanding of quantum systems, such as um, current systems today are unable to simulate this in a efficient manner. Uh, many believe that quantum s- simulation will be one of the best and most important applications to quantum computing. Uh, the next thing is machine learning. Since quantum computers can produce results more efficiently compared to binary computers, which are very linear, mind you, quantum algorithms can actually speed up machine learning tasks and deep neural networks. The next one is drug design and generative chemistry. Quantum computers can be great tools to expand uh, drug discovery as current scientists have many obstacles with the huge size and complexity of structural space and all possible drug-like molecules that cause these challenges. You can expect quantum-enhanced generative models that can eventually be developed. Now, I also want to make note here that that China has also developed two of the world's biggest quantum computers in the world uh, as of this recording. Now, the, the truth is still out there. Once there are a significant amount of experiments that still need to be, need to be conducted on these devices, there, there are some key drawbacks with the uh, Zhusheng 2.0 quantum computer, and hopefully I'm saying that right, which relies on fixed mirrors and lenses, so it's, it's not really programmable. However, um, a Canadian quantum computing startup called uh, Xanadu Uh, It's based in Toronto, Ontario, revealed a device called the Borealis that may be the first fully programmable photonic quantum computer to display that quantum advantage. Now, this is a huge advantage to the Borealis, and and it's going to be available to most people on the Internet in in due course. They're just working on uh, some agreements, and basically you can... 
essentially use Borealis on your own traditional computer to do certain things. If you are a scientist of some sorts, you can use your technologies, which has that programmable photonic quantum computer, which is pretty cool if it tickles your fancy. So what does this mean for the, the future of quantum computing? Now, I, I obviously cannot say with certainty. However, the writing is already on the wall. We are warp speed towards a new computing technology, which will literally revolutionize the human race as much as the second decade of the 19th century, when Englishman Charles Babbage started his journey in replacing human computers with actual machines. We have seen a significant amount of technological innovations in the last 30 years. It has gone so fast and so expansive that we cannot seem to catch up. Is this another sign? Along with our artificial intelligence friends, perhaps all this innovation could lead towards a disastrous consequence? Now, I'm not trying to do more gloom here, but this brings us to the next uh, topic in this podcast with the, the present and future dangers of quantum computing. So haven't we seen it all yet? Now, I remember many years back, I remember when I had people ask me uh, when I was doing uh, speaking engagements uh, across North America is, uh, have, have I watched the it was it was a British TV show and then went on Netflix and it was called Black Mirror. And if you don't know what Black Mirror is, it's a sort of a near future dystopian with science fiction technology. And I really enjoyed watching these shows as there were actual some truth behind them. Um, for example, um, Nosedive, the episode called Nosedive, uh, it was in the third series and it was set in a world where people can rate each other and which it will affect their social status. Now, this actually reminded me of a real-life social credit system actively taking place in China today. Now, this rating system reports, the, in China, it basically reports the trustworthiness of people, businesses, and government entities within, within China. Now, just like the Black Mirror episode, there are real-life consequences which can affect an individual's travel, employment, access to finance, and the ability to enter business contracts. Uh, contrary to what you've, you've read or, or what's out there, this, this system is already operational in China. And, and I can say this from a, a few, I don't say insiders, but a, a few friends of mine who are from Chinese um, descent that have uh, spoken to me about this particular system already actively uh, taking place right now, and it's and it's expanding. So th this is a really interesting thing to think about because um, after everything that's been going on in our, our geopolitical landscape, or our politics, or world events, stuff like that, um, we need to understand uh, how much of an effect technology has on our everyday lives. And with the um, future dangers of many technological advancements where quantum computing technology can indeed assist 
in these technologies to become a reality. Also, breaking um, cryptography is a real threat here. With cryptography, cryptography, sorry, being a building block uh, that takes many years to replace. So what I mean by that is when you're breaking a um, an, an encrypted cryptography, basically, and, and once that that's basically a foundation and if that gets destroyed or, or, or if that gets abused or broken, you know, people don't understand that it takes many, many years to replace it. Uh, it's not something that you can just pull out of a box and just, you know, rip and replace. Like it, it, it takes a while. And again, I'm not getting into the specifics here. I apologize. But um, just sort of, again, a 10,000 10, or 40,000 foot level here uh, is that quantum computing, quantum computers can really, really abuse this. And this is why we have a lot of uh, emphasis on being prepared for this, because although that the technology is still in its infancy, uh, it has the ability to do some real-time damage. And the safety net, this, the, the security safety net that we have wrapped around us in existing and current technologies is really going to be, uh, to put it lightly, uh, smacked down and uh, decimated even though you have the latest encryption methodology out there uh, that quantum computers can really take a good bite out of you. So anyone that's in IT security needs to heed this warning or general public as it is, because this is going to affect all of us and it's going to affect us in a clean sweep. It's going to happen so quick that we won't understand that. So essentially, when a, a cryptographic foundation uh, upon a cyber system is built and then that's broken, uh, it will the system will just basically crumble with no quick fixes. Um, and like I said, a quantum safe uh, cryptography is includes protocols that resist known quantum attacks and are designed to run on traditional IT and communication systems. So that means we don't have to worry about ex- expanding our current infrastructure to uh, sophisticated quantum computer computers that we can have quantum safe protocols that will protect our current infrastructure, current binary computers uh, against these attacks. Now, in terms of risk management with quantum threats, uh, it's actually very well defined, believe it or not. Uh, But the key here is not to get caught off guard and uh, forced to fight for a threat we already know is incoming. Uh, Being prepared is the golden ticket, much like every aspect in cybersecurity hygiene. So mapping out these vulnerabilities, creating a ironclad strategy for mitigating the risk and uh, ongoing updates are the key staying ahead of the advancements of this new technology. Now, if you listen thus far, you understand as well as I do that there this is coming and like it or not, it's going to affect all of us once it, it becomes mainstream. Just before it becomes mainstream, it's still going to affect us. Once it's out there, it definitely will affect us. And this is why 
we need to listen when these uh, these computers come online and are part of our everyday life because it's just going to be like how it was back in the the 80s and 90s when uh, people said, "Oh, well, you know, we we don't need to have computers on every." on every desk or, you know, computers are just for checking email or computers are just for uh, emails. No one will know of the, the ramifications quantum computing can have. And especially with all these new technologies out there, like artificial intelligence, augmented reality, these sorts of things will be transformed because we will have new computational devices to create new worlds, uh, create um, responses from AI that's unheard of, get them to think better, be able to solve problems more efficiently. Uh, basically, putting a human brain in AI, as I call it, because uh, there are some similarities of how the human brain is in various quantum states, and that we, in essence, are putting a so-called digital human brain inside AI, uh, I believe that artificial intelligence will take off to ways that we can and cannot comprehend. And and hence I said with the Black Mirror episodes on Netflix, which are, you know, science fiction right now, but are very close to reality, believe it or not. Some of these things if you've watched it, you may think, okay, well, darling, you may be off your rocker, but we're getting there. You know, look at uh, what Elon Musk is doing for the Neuralink. Neuro I believe that's what it's called. Where they put that chip in your brain. You know, the future is now, man. We're, we are not anywhere further from that. I, I would say we are closer to those things becoming a reality than... Um, I, I even think faster than light travel is closer than we think. There's a lot of things that are within our grasp, but we need co computing technologies such as these quantum compute com quantum computers to enable us to um, go beyond our current techno technological limitations. So, what do you think about the future of quantum computing? Now, understand it will soon revolutionize the entire world. And it most certainly be used against you. You may today get annoyed of all those spam calls, emails, and text messages right now. But one day you may receive a telephone call that will sound like the real person and respond like the real person. Uh, will bypass your, your cybersecurity protocols or define science, defy science in your mind. Perhaps your current computer system is not all too complicated after all. I, I, I hope my little dive into the quantum world didn't scare you too much over the future or, or give you some hope that we will be able to move forward in greater lengths unless we nuke ourselves out of existence. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, that will do it for this episode. Thanks for stopping by. Darling Cyber Cafe. See you next time.